Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the third episode of season three of the X Factor Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jay Mondane. I appreciate you guys for tuning in live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram this season. Yes, we are on five sites. We are all over the place. I'm happy to have you guys here on the other side of the world for the second week in a row. Thank you guys for tuning in so much. You can also catch the audio always after the show. The audio is on Apple Podcasts. It is on Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts. It is on Amazon Music. It is also on iHeartRadio. So be sure to catch the audio if you miss the videos live on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Got a great show for you guys tonight. We are getting into the college football playoff this weekend. We have some big games. We have some big football NFL games, playoff implication games. Teams are trying to win their division this week. We're going to dive into those. Also, we got big NBA games coming this weekend as well. So let's get into that. Before that, though, we always get into the quick news with the NFL last week. All right. Congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens. They have become the number one team in the NFL for obvious reasons, beating the 49ers, beating them 33-19. to 19. Beat them up pretty good. Brock Purdy had another bad game. He's only had like two, maybe three bad games this year, which is which is good. But he had a bad game at the wrong time uh, for a couple reasons. One, trying to win MVP and going head-to-head with Lamar Jackson, who is an MVP candidate as well. Throwing four interceptions against his team and getting beat at home in the best way to win MVP. So I think Lamar Jackson leapfrogs Brock Purdy and should be in pole position to win that award. Big win for them. So he might have put a closing argument on this MVP conversation with that win last week. Um, Brock Purdy still in the mix, but I think with what happened with Lamar Jackson, I think you got to give it to Lamar for what he's done all season long and for what he did against the number one team, one of the best defenses on the road. The Ravens just look great. MVP Lamar Jackson might get his second one this season. 11-3 and three on the year, best record in football. But even more impressive, the Ravens are 7-1 and one on the road. And that is the best record by far. So you see how dominant they are. Anytime they're on the road, that is a recipe for success. When you are trying to win a Super Bowl, you got to play in a neutral site. And then all roads are going to have to go through Baltimore. I think that win might have secured the number one coveted spot in the AFC to get that by. So congrats to the Ravens. <clears throat> now to the NBA. Great Christmas Day games. If you didn't watch them, it's always a tradition every year. You got to catch some of the NBA games. It's five games all day from noon to midnight. You got basketball from East to West Coast. Great games. But I want to key in on one specific player, Luka Doncic. Congratulations to Luka. Not only scoring 50 points in the Christmas Day game, but also being the young one of the youngest players to reach 10,000 points. Only 24 years old. Took him 358 games to get to that mark. So congrats to Luka and getting it in a win, of course, which is always great. Beating the Suns, who the Suns, the Suns, Look kind of shaky. KD's having a great individual season. But the Suns look real bad right now. I don't know what the chemistry is like. I don't know what's going on with Bradley Beal's health. 
but they didn't look great. They haven't looked great. And Luca showed out on Christmas. Like I said, 10,000 points in 358 games. He is the seventh fastest player to get to that mark behind Mark by behind Bob McAdoo. MJ, of course, big O Oscar Robinson, Elgin Baylor, Kareem, Iceman George Gervin, and of course, Wilt Chamberlain, who did it in 236 games. <laughs> that is ridiculous. That's like less than three seasons of basketball. 82-game season, 236 games, Wilt got to 10,000 points. Unreal. Look up Wilt Chamberlain stats for my young, my young viewers, if you're a basketball savant, historian, geek like I am. And go look at the stats that Will Chamberlain had back in the 60s, 70s. They're, they're comical, what he was doing back then. But anyway, congrats to Luka Doncic, 10,000 mark on Christmas Day. Huge, huge for him. Now, we also have more news as well. Y'all remember that guy, John Morant? Guy got in trouble, social media stuff, doing things he shouldn't have did. He's back, all right? And... He was the NBA player of the week last week on his first week back from suspension, 25 games, the Grizzlies been struggling. He's got to move it in the right direction in the play-in tournament type of direction. So last week, three games, Grizzlies go three and zero. Jaws averaging 28, nine and six fresh legs, obviously hungry, ready to play some basketball, get at all the stuff that happened last season behind them over the summer and play some ball. So congrats to John Morant, player of the week. Last week for the Grizz, winning three big games. I remember people saying last season that the Grizzlies were good without John Morant, didn't need him because he was missing games. He was spotty, like he would get injured, <clears throat> get nicked up, and he'd miss a game, right? So when he missed a game, Tyus Jones would step in as the starting point guard because he was the backup. And the Grizzlies will win games. And everybody's like, oh, well, look at their record without John. You, all these big media people, look at their record without John Morant. They're better without John. Okay. But you have to understand, he was missing games, one game here, two games here. When you miss 25 straight, <laughs> when you're the superstar of a team, you miss 25 straight games. That changes the entire dynamic of the team, the locker room, because he's not there. Suspended means he's not in the building, right? So it ain't like he's nicked up and he can still go to practice, walkthroughs, watch film with the team, travel with the team. When you're suspended, you're not there. So they have to move on as if John Moran is not a part of the Grizzlies. And for 25 games straight, you see what happens, right? Yes, they don't have Tyus Jones anymore, but they were at the bottom of the Western Conference. And now they're trying to climb their way back because John Moran. So it's going to be unfortunate to see he's going to have a great year the rest of the year. But he won't be eligible to win any awards because, remember, the new rule went in that you have to play at least 65 games to be eligible for any awards, first-team All-NBA, MVP, any of those awards. I think John's going to play out of his mind. He might even make an all-star team just because of the fan support and a tear that I think he's about to go on in the NBA. And it's a big story. NBA is about big stories. However, he won't be able to win any awards this year. So I think he's just going to go out and kill. So looking forward to seeing that. Congrats to Ja. Welcome back. Welcome back home, as us basketball players would say. And continue to ball out, man. You know? All right. So what else do we have? NCAA football 
All right. <clears throat> so college football playoffs, obviously, this weekend. We'll get into that. But we got a big story about Florida State, not just the football team, but the entire university. I think the college football playoff was the last straw. Them getting looked over, let's call it that. But Florida State is looking to leave the ACC. All right. Now, there's a lot of different things that happen in college sports when teams are trying to leave one conference and go to another conference. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of logistics that get involved. Even lawsuits get involved. And with this lawsuit that Florida State is going to have to face, we are looking at all around a little over a billion dollars in money that might be missed out by Florida State, the whole university. So it makes you wonder, you got other teams that aren't as good or don't make as much revenue as, let's say, the football team or the basketball teams at these universities. So when you got like softball, women's volleyball, things like that, that don't make as much money or don't generate as much revenue, this is a big hit for them. So when you got a university looking to move conferences and you don't have a backup plan to another conference, a lot of money can get lost. And I'll explain how. So if they move forward with the lawsuit, right, I'll just tell you guys exactly what the numbers look like. If they move on with this lawsuit, they are estimated that the lawsuit can cost them $572 million if they leave the SEC and they don't win the lawsuit. So they lose out on that just from taking this thing to court. Then they forfeit $429 million because of the TV deal they got all the way until 2036. So a TV deal for the next 12 years, they can lose out on that on top of the 572 mil. Oh yeah, and not let's not forget $13 million in unreimbursed broadcasting fees that they'd have to pay because they're leaving the conference. So all this money potentially can be lost if they get out of the ACC and have nowhere else to go. And then there's an exit fee. So don't think you can just walk out of these conferences without paying some money, right? Because you're costing them. They have to reconfigure things with TV deals because these teams are a part of the deal as well. It's a package. So if you leave before your contract is up, then there's a $130 million fee, which is three times the league total because of their operating budget. So you do the math. We said 572, 129, 130. Oh, I'm sorry, 572, 429, $130 million, and then the $13 million broadcasting fee. So a lot of money is being thrown around when it comes to these schools. And that's why it's important to understand, A, why players should have been getting paid a long time ago, <laughs> right? Because they're the reason that you could generate this revenue with the broadcast. And B, the teams that don't generate as much revenue, how they, those individual teams will suffer. So let's see what happens. Florida State, like I said, they're not the only team in the ACC looking to leave, but they are the first team that has raised their hand and said, we don't like what the ACC is doing with this realignment amongst other things. Plus, we can't even get to a college football playoff after doing exactly what we're supposed to do. So we out. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, Florida State can get it all figured out and we'll move forward. Before we get into the segments, something happened last week in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, he goes on this show every week with his boys and they talk about, you know, basically keeping him relevant. 
<clears throat> let's just get down to it. All right. I ain't going to play around with y'all. I ain't going to hold y'all. Aaron Rodgers basically goes on a show every week with his boys and gives you a public service announcement about his life. What's going on, right? Aside from the fact that he's been injured all year, he plays for the Jets who aren't making the playoffs. And it's just a me, me, me campaign. Like, what, what, who the hell cares about you right now in terms of football? You're not playing. So just get out of the limelight. But he can't help himself. Can't help himself so much to the fact that he's still on a 53-man roster and he hasn't played since week one, since four snaps after week one, right? So for my people that are, that watch football casually, they don't understand what I mean by the 53-man roster, let me break it down. In the NFL, the roster is made up of 53 players. It does not go above the 53-player roster, meaning if you have a player on your roster that is not playing, i.e. injured, like Aaron Rodgers, you cannot add another player onto your team, a healthy player. Why do I say this? So Aaron Rodgers is on the 53-man roster and he's hurt, right? He's not going to play. So why the hell are you on the roster? So what you can do with an injured player is you can move them to IR, right? They're on injured reserve. They're done for the year. You can shelf them. What that does for your team is it opens up a spot for a healthy player that can actually contribute in football games, right? Instead of holding up a spot for a guy that won't play, a 40-year-old with one Achilles. So <clears throat> he goes on this show every week. Rants and raves, and he tells them, oh, it's not my fault that I stayed on the roster. I'm not the one that kept me on the roster. Who the hell believes that? It's Aaron Rodgers, right? Everybody knows how much power he has in the franchise. Everybody knows how much attention he wants, right? Every week when the Jets play, you see him on the sideline throwing the football in his warm-up uniform, and the, and the com commentators get excited. Oh, there's Aaron Rodgers. He's throwing the ball. Look at his arm. Ain't nothing wrong with his damn arm. Of course, he can still throw the ball, right? But he's not going to play. We all know he's not going to play. Dude, towards Achilles. But every week when we see a Jets game or a Jets highlight, it's him on the sideline throwing the football. He, he needs the attention, and he continues to get it from y'all, and it's ridiculous. So how long are y'all going to keep playing, getting played by this dude? Right? If you take a roster spot in the NFL, you take it from another player that's actually healthy that could help the team out. So he did that, and now we have to talk about that. If he just stays on the IR, the spot gets open. So everybody knew he wasn't going to play. He did this whole campaign all season. I'm coming back. My ayahuasca, my darkness retreats. I'm going. They're going to rub some of this this juju on my on my Achilles, and I'll be able to play. Everybody knew he wasn't going to play, except the people that are blind believers of this nonsense. So he says he was he didn't have any idea he was being activated. He had nothing to do with it. All right, you're a fool if you believe that, right? The He didn't just come over to the Jets to be the quarterback. Like, he has some say in a lot of what goes on in the organization, including staying on the 53-man roster so there's hope, so these fans can think, Oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to return. He's going to be the first player ever to return from an Achilles injury in eight weeks. Come on, man. Are y'all serious? So he continues to do that, continues to stay in the limelight. So how long y'all going to keep letting this dude play, y'all? All right. He's been doing it since Green Bay. Continues to just string everybody along the Aaron Rodgers show. Like teammates, former teammates tell you about it. 
Hell, his own family tells you about it. Relationships that you've seen, like there's a consistency here, right? Of egotistic behavior. So as soon as y'all move that to the side and, and get to what the Jets are doing now, playing football, trying to get better, yes, they need a quarterback. But that defense doesn't get talked about how great they've been playing. All we talk about is when is this guy coming back? So it's ridiculous. The media loves it because it's a big story. But the truth is, he's selfish. Let's just call it what it is. It's a selfish ploy to stay in the limelight because the team's not winning. <clears throat> Y'all remember, he said like weeks six, seven, oh, if the Jets are looking good or if they're in contention, I'm going to come back. And then a couple weeks ago, they're talking about, oh, Aaron Rodgers was in practice. And now he's still on IR taking up a spot. So which one is it? Is he coming back if they're good? And now all of a sudden they showed that they're eliminated from playoff contention. Now it's like, I don't know why I'm on the roster. Come on, man. Miss me with all that. You shouldn't have been on the roster in the first place. Sit down. Hopefully you come back next season. I don't wish injury on no players, no athletes. But if you're injured this year, man, go sit down somewhere. Let another person that needs the money, by the way, earn that roster spot and get an opportunity. You Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know you're going to make the team. And you're not playing. So why are you taking up a spot from a young player that could actually get an opportunity? So that's what I'm tripping on. So the question is not about keeping the Jets relevant. He's trying to keep himself relevant. Because he knows all this is fleeting. If I don't stay in the limelight, because he ain't winning nothing. So he can't be in the conversation of the best quarterbacks. Because you ain't win, you ain't won a damn thing. Right? He won a Super Bowl in 2010. Y'all remember that? Mm. We all remember it. Maybe. But that was a long time ago. A long time ago. And so using these platforms to stay relevant doesn't do you any good if you ain't playing ball at the end of the day. So they'll see through it. It just takes time. The, the Packers finally saw through it and moved on. Took them a while. But it's a behavior thing, right? We've been seeing this his entire career. So sit down somewhere, man. Let one of these young guys get on the roster for the last couple games. Make some money. Get an opportunity. Maybe another team will see them play, and they can go get a contract somewhere else. Instead of you sitting here with one leg taking up a spot. Sit down, man. All right. When we come back, this is Season 3, Episode 3 of the X-Factor Sports Podcast, live from around the world. We are going to get into the college football playoff predictions, the two huge games that we'll get into. We'll talk about who's going to win and why. This is season three, episode three of the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, 
Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Hope you guys like that monologue. We are going to keep it moving. We're going to get into the college football playoff this weekend on January 1 or January 2nd. My bad. So it's actually, what's that, Tuesday? So it's not even over the weekend. It's Tuesday. But we got to get into it now before the next episode so we can talk about the results next week. All right. So we got the Rose Bowl, the number one team in the land, Michigan versus number four, Alabama, January 2nd. Michigan is favored to win this game. I believe Michigan is going to win this game as well. Over Nick Saban and Alabama. Michigan has the best defense in America. I talked about it in earlier episodes at the beginning of the year when Michigan wasn't really playing anybody. I had them real low on the power rankings, but they just continued to win. They beat everybody they played. Obviously, they're undefeated. Won the Big Ten. Beat Ohio State again beat Penn State, did what they were supposed to do to get the number one spot, and they became the best defense in America doing it. Um, Alabama's hot right now. Alabama's on a 10-game win streak since losing to Texas way back when, August, September. Kind of figured out the quarterback situation with Jalen Miro, start trusting him, and took off. <coughs> Excuse me. They did beat, I mean, they beat a team in the SEC championship game that hadn't lost a game in two years in the Georgia Bulldogs. Ironically, they hadn't lost a game since they lost to Alabama <laughs> in the SEC title game two years ago. So Kirby Smart losing to the master again. But Alabama deserves to be in this college football playoff because of that. And they face Michigan, but I just believe that Michigan's going to win. And this is why. Nick Saban has the conference the uh, college football playoff experience. The players don't know. So I think he knows what to do, but you got to go out and play the game. On the other side, Michigan, this is their third straight college football playoff. I think they're ready to go. I think this is the year they break through and they start off by beating Alabama in this conference football playoff semifinal game. I think they do it. They have a bad taste in their mouth from last year. If you remember the upset to TCU, it was a high scoring game. I think they avenged that in this game. Um, like I said, they have the experience. C.J. McCarthy, all those guys, I think they have been looking forward to getting back to this stage and kind of atoning for that TCU upset. So I got Michigan winning this game. I think the experience from the players outweighs the experience from the coach on the other side. So I'm going to take Michigan to win it. In the second game, the Sugar Bowl game, you got number two, Washington, and you got number three, Texas. For some reason, Texas is favored in this game, where I personally don't even think they should have been in it. <laughs> I think Florida State should be playing Washington, but that's okay. It is what it is now. But Texas is favored. I think Texas is like four-point favorites in this game, which is crazy. So Washington has been getting, I won't say disrespected, but overlooked all season long. All right? They haven't lost the game either, and they're in the best conference in America. At one point... The Pac-12 had eight teams ranked. Back when everybody thought Colorado was going to be good, they won a couple games in a row. So they had eight teams ranked. And then I think they finished the, te the season with like six or seven teams ranked. And they're the best team in it. Beat everybody. Beat Oregon twice. They were underdogs in both games and won them. So I won't say disrespected, like I said. Overlooked. 
But now, after what they've accomplished all season long, now they're still underdogs in this game. I take Washington to win. I guess it's an upset, even though they're number two seed. But I have Washington beating Texas. And I don't think Texas should even be in this game. But they're here, and let's see what happens. I think Michael Penix Jr. in Washington will upset Texas. But Michael Penix Jr. in Washington have been doing this all season long, right? Against all odds. Nobody thought they would be this good going in, including myself. I didn't know Washington was going to be this good. Didn't know they were going to make it this far, but they've proven everybody wrong except probably the people in their building. So congrats to them. I think this game is actually going to be too big for Texas. I think Texas folds. I like Quinn Ewers, but he hasn't played on the stage this being. Neither is Washington, but Washington has been groomed to play in these big games. Michael Penix is a fifth-year senior. I mean, it's grown men over there on that side. And <clears throat> I just don't know if Texas is ready. I'm hearing Texas is back. Texas is back. Um, but it's been a long time. They haven't played on a stage like this in a while. I think it'll be too much pressure for Texas to win. They'll have more fans there for sure. The money that they generate, the revenue. But I think it'll be too much pressure for them. I'm looking at a TCU over Michigan situation, the smaller football school beating the, the historically bigger football school. So I got Washington beating Texas in a quote-unquote upset next week. So that's what I'm looking at. I think it'll be Michigan versus Washington in the college football playoff championship game. You guys let me know what you think. Who do you have in the championship? Does Alabama beat Michigan? Does Texas beat Washington? Let me know. Like, share, subscribe. Also follow and put your comments in and you guys tell me who you think will win. All right. <clears throat> when we come back, we are going to get into the favorite segment of the show, Bet That. And y'all let me know what you think with these picks. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you all for tuning in to episode three. We are moving along. I hope you guys are enjoying it. We are going to get into you all favorite segment of the show. We call it Bet That. This is where we get five games. We make picks. We predict who's going to win. We predict money lines, covers, spreads, all those things for y'all. Y'all tell us what you think about it at the end. All right. So, in this week of Bet That, we have a five-pick parlay or five-pick straight, whatever you want to call it. 
if you want to add them up and parlay as you can, but we're just going to make picks moving forward. Last week, we went four and one with our picks. 49ers lose to the Ravens, so obviously they didn't cover, but we ended up getting four out of five right, which puts us at six and three in one push in season three with our picks. We're doing pretty good, I would say. 60% of our picks are good. Let's see if we can get all five this week, all right? So, with the Lions and the Cowboys, we got the Lions going to Dallas and the Cowboys are six-point favorites. I'm going to go ahead and take the Cowboys to cover this at home. They're great at home, undefeated. All their losses are on the road across the country. They play great in Jerry World. I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover this spread at six. And I feel like the Lions have peaked. They won their division. They're not really playing for anything per se. Uh, maybe positioning <clears throat> in the seeding. But I think uh, winning the division for the first time in a very long time, congrats to the Lions. I feel like they peaked at the, I think they peaked earlier and I think they're kind of on a decline, but they're still winning some games. But the Cowboys are playing for something. They still have an opportunity to win the division with the Eagles and they have, a, they have an opportunity to get a higher seed. They can go from being the two seed in the NFC to drop into the five or six. So I think they got some more to play for. So I'm taking the Cowboys to cover the six-point spread at home. All right. The next pick, we got the Bucks hosting the Saints. And the Bucks are three-point favorites. I got Tampa Bay Buccaneers covering that spread. They have been hot. They're one of the hottest teams right now. Obviously, the Ravens are. But what the Bucs have been quietly doing in the NFC South, even though they were predicted to lose the NFC South, they've looked great in the last month. They're on a four-game winning streak. They've won two huge road games at Green Bay, and they won in they won against Jacksonville. They look great. All right, so congrats to them. Hopefully, they can keep it moving and win this division. Baker Mayfield's playing great. He's won the locker room over. Um, it looks like they like playing for him. He has chemistry with Mike Evans. So a win could lock up the division that they were predicted to be last place in, right? Crazy what happens when you got to actually play these games. So I got the Bucs winning this game, but I do have them covering a three-point spread against the Saints. Nice division game. Put a cap on the NFC South and win it out. All right, our next pick, we got the Dolphins going to Baltimore. And I don't know who's going to win the game, but I'm definitely taking the over. All right, 47 and a half. You got to take the over. One team averages 31 points a game. Other team averages 28 points a game. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ravens and the Dolphins over 47 and a half. All right. <clears throat> Seeing what the Ravens did to the 49ers on the road against that defense shows you that they are the best in the league and they can put up points on anybody. And they can take a, take the ball away. So you got to be sure to factor that in when you talk about points scored. And then the Dolphins are going to do what they've been doing all year. Raheem Mostert, Tyree Hill, Jaden Waddle, Tua. Explosive offense. I don't think that stops. I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout in this game. But um, I would definitely take the over with this high score. So we already know what the Dolphins can do. So 47 and a half, take the over. Take that up. Maybe tease it a little bit if you want to, but I would say locked in at 47 and a half. Moneyline, we got 
the Texans and the Titans. A rematch from a couple weeks ago. I'm going to take the Titans straight up with the money line on this one. They lost a couple weeks ago in Tennessee. I misspoke on the season premiere. I talked about how Derrick Henry, what he does to teams the second time he plays them in the conference. Well, this is actually the second time that he's playing the Texans. I think he has a big game against Tennessee. So take the money line with the Titans on the road. We don't know if C.J. Stroud is going to play. He might clear concussion protocol. I think he's still in it. Hasn't seen him practice yet. But if C.J. Stroud plays, I still got the Titans winning this game on the road. So I'm going to go ahead and take the money line straight up on that. Same still applies. He has great games in Derrick Henry, who I'm talking about. Still has great games against teams he sees a second time. So be on the lookout for that. All right. And then the last pick of the bet that segment, we got the Bengals at the Chiefs. Now, <coughs> excuse me. The Chiefs have been reeling. All right. Chiefs have lost five out of their last eight games. They have a better road record than home record, which is very shocking. If you've ever been to Arrowhead Stadium, if you ever watched the Chiefs game, I'm not even a Chiefs fan, but I've been to games in Arrowhead and I came front. The games are live, all right? The tailgate is dope. Shout out to all the people I go to the tailgates with. Y'all know y'all are. Appreciate y'all for supporting the show. It's loud in there. It's fun. It's a good time. I just don't like seeing my team lose in there, but <laughs> it is a good time going to, to Arrowhead. So much so that other teams know it coming in Arrowhead. It used to be a thing. You just feared playing there because of how loud it was, how good the team is or was, and this year just hasn't happened. There's something fundamentally wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs, all right? We can throw out all types of speculation. We can talk Eric Bieniemy not being there. We can talk well, these wide receivers ain't catching a ball. He needs to just throw to two or three people. He needs to figure this and that out. All that is out the window. We are in week 17, all right? These are professional football players. That should have been figured out a long time ago. So where we are now, like I said, there's something wrong with this team, all right? They're nine and six. These are the most losses I've seen them have in a very long time. Statistically, this is the worst year of Patrick Mahomes' career. Still having a decent year, but... For his standard, is a bad year. With all that being said, I still have the Chiefs <laughs> winning this game straight up. But the reason I kind of prefaced all that before saying this is because I think the Chiefs play desperate. All right? They know how important this game is. They have to win it. If they lose the next two games and the Raiders win the next two because they just beat them head-to-head, -head, the Raiders could actually win the AFC West. Right? So if I know that, I'm pretty damn sure that locker room knows it. They know how important these games are. You do not want to fall out of winning the division, let alone being a two or three seed in the AFC where you don't get the bye anymore. They don't want to have to go on the road for a wild card game. After winning a Super Bowl last year, game is very pivotal. I think they respond. I think they have a good game against Cincinnati. And then also on the Bengals side, don't know if Jamar Chase will play. And Jake Browning, the, the, the light may be dimming a little bit on Jake Browning. We are we all know, and we've seen this story before, a new backup, a backup quarterback comes in. He starts out hot. You don't have film on him. Teams have film on him now. And now we're starting to see some of those mistakes. We're starting to see him get rushed. 
you know, it's getting crowded around his feet in the pocket, so he's got to make quick decisions, forcing him to throw the ball 30, 40 times to beat you. The Chiefs still have one of the best defenses in football. Chris Jones, he's still playing for bonus money, so I expect him to have a big game. So I think the Chiefs win big. I think they get turnovers, generate some offense from their defense, and they get a big win at home, a much-needed win at home. But that does not excuse the fact of how they've been playing. All right? There's still something wrong with these Chiefs. I talked about it weeks ago. People call me crazy when I say they Mahomes is going to play on the road this year, and he might get a playoff loss in the second round. I don't think they get out of the divisional round. Prove me wrong by playing better. <laughs> That's all I got to say. But I do have them winning this week. So what do we have for our picks, all right? We want to go 5-0. and We got the Cowboys covering the spread at 6. We got the Bucks covering their spread at 3 at home. Take the over. Ravens-Dolphins, 47-and-a-half. I got the Titans. This one might be a little risky, but, you know, no risk, no reward. So I'm taking the Titans on the road to win against the Texans in a divisional game. And then I got the Chiefs at home in a must-win against Cincinnati. I think they respond. You guys let me know what you think. Make those picks. Remember, we're not bookies. We just love talking bets, and we hope that you guys like it too. But let me know. Like, share, respond, subscribe, and comment, of course. Do you think those five picks are going to be good? Should they be changed? You guys let me know what's going to happen in these games this weekend, and we will get into them next week, all right? When we come back, we are going to get into our first iteration of the NBA X-Factors coming this weekend. You guys don't want to miss this. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. of the X-Factor Sports Podcast is here. Be sure to tune in live every Wednesday night on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok for real unbiased sports talk. Jay Mondain is bringing a fresh new point of view on the sports world. You don't want to miss out. Subscribe to the X-Factor Sports Podcast today. Audio available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. The X-Factor Sports Podcast. Real talk for real sports fans. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast, episode three. Glad you guys are tuning in. We are live always on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. This week, we are doing our first iteration of the X-Factor Sports Podcast, X-Factors, in the NBA. Last week, we did our first iteration of the power rankings. Now we are going to get into what players are going to have good games this week. All right, so on Friday, we got five games for y'all. I'm going to pick the players who I think are going to have big games. So for those who do fantasy basketball, pay attention to this. Hopefully, this will help you out. We got Knicks and Magic, all right? Orlando actually has been playing good this year. Young team. Got some big wins. I think they will kind of flirt with the playoffs all season long, make it exciting. But in this game, particular on Friday, against the Knicks, I got Paolo Bancaro as the X Factor of this game. Young player, budding superstar, averaging 25 and 8 this season. I think he's a matchup problem for the Knicks. They don't have anybody that can defend them. 
I don't think Julius Randle is going to defend him. Out, he's inside outside player. Reminds me of a young Carmelo Anthony. I love his game. He still needs to polish and refine that jumper a little bit more from three, but everything else, Duke and ball. All right. So I got Paulo Bancaro as the X factor of that game. Orlando plays well at home. I see Bancaro getting 30 on Friday against the Knicks. All right. In the next game, you got the Kings visiting the Hawks in Atlanta. I'm going to take Keegan Murray. All right. Another young player from the Sacramento Kings. Just hit 12 threes the other night against Utah. Went off. I think he's starting to find his stride, knowing what he can do on the court. He's a very, he's Clay Thompson-like. I'm not going to say he's Clay, but the way he plays, moves without the ball, the way he shoots the ball, he can defend, he's got size. He's a very streaky three-point shooter, can break a lot of records. He's got a lot of Clay Thompson in him. And he put that on display the other night against the Jazz, hitting 12 threes. Put up 48 points, I think, last the other time or the, the game he played. So I think he stays hot. I'm taking Keegan Murray with no AJ Griffin for the Hawks, no um Hunter for the Hawks. They're out for the game. They're the best defenders on their team. As far as wing defenders, I don't think Keegan Murray hits 12 threes, but I think he has a big game. I think he goes over 20 plus points above his average. I think he has a good night. In the third game, you got the Sixers against the Rockets, all right? With Joel Embiid already ruled out in this game, I think Alfred Shingoon has a big game. He plays for the Houston Rockets, underrated player, foreign guy. A lot of people don't know who he is unless you watch basketball, but this kid can play, all right? He's averaging 29-5 and five at, the, at the center spot, right? Big numbers for a big man. Great overall game, inside-outside, can shoot the three block shots like he does everything for the Rockets. And I like the way his game is. He can go up and down the court. And with Embiid out, I think he has a monster game. All right. I think he gets a double-double, big double-double. Not a not a 10 and 10 or 15 and 10. I think he goes 25 points, 12 rebounds. So if you have him on your fantasy, put Shingun in against the 76ers. No Embiid. I think he has a monster game. Big rebound game, scoring. I don't think they have a center that can defend him on the perimeter. So take him to have a big night, all right? <clears throat> Who else we got? We got the OKC Thunder and the Nuggets. This is always a big game, all right? I think the Nuggets, or OKC rather, match up very well with Denver. This is a team Denver needs to watch out for in the playoffs, all right? They just beat them the other night by one point. It was a big game, a very good game. But I think OKC matches up. If there's any team they match up good with and they're comfortable playing, it's the Nuggets, all right? This kind of reminds me of back in the day when the Spurs didn't want to play the Grizzlies for all my NBA fans. Y'all remember when the Grizzlies, they, the grindhouse, they had um, Tony Allen, all those dudes, Mark Gasol. They were a bad matchup for a championship contending team like the Spurs. And the Spurs did not want to play them. I feel I'm getting these same vibes with OKC. I don't think the Nuggets really want to play these dudes. They don't have an answer for Shea, Gilgis, Alexander. The way they play defense, move the ball. Chet Holmgren is a problem for Jokic. Yes, Jokic is dominant. He's an MVP, all world, of course. But when you got to do something on the other end, on that defensive end, 
you play against an unorthodox player like Chet Holmgren, and I say affectionately, I say unorthodox, meaning he doesn't play like any other center that Jokic is going to see. He's not a back-to-the-basket guy. He's lanky, skinny guy. He can handle the ball. He can shoot the three. Like, he plays intermediate to deep on offense, and he rim protects, and he's athletic on defense. Like, Jokic, you don't see that every night when, you, when you're when you Nikola Jokic. So it's a little bit of a matchup problem, and that's why I'm taking Chet Holmgren as the X factor in this game. Almost recorded a triple-double with blocks the last time they met. <laughs> he had eight blocks on the Nuggets. Um, I think he has another big game against them. I think this is just going to be one of those teams that you see a guy, they just they have good nights against them. Like you see him on the schedule, your eyes get big. Kind of like Giannis with the Pacers, right? Anytime he sees the Pacers, he's just probably like, <laughs> 50. Like he just knows that anytime he plays against them, he's going to have a big game. I think Chet Holmgren feels the same way. I think he's confident when he goes up against Denver. And I think he has another big night. I think he hits at least two threes, goes for 20 and 10 in this game. For, forces Jokic to play him honest. He has to pull him outside to defend, make some shots. So I'm taking Chet Holmgren to have a big game against the Nuggets on Friday. And then last but not least, we got the Grizzlies in L.A. All right, yes, John Moran is back. That's always a good game to see two athletic guards go at it with Westbrook, John Morant. Uh, it looks like James Harden is playing a lot better. The Clippers are playing better. They're on a roll. They're even There's even championship contender talk. I wouldn't really put that on the Clippers like that. Um, they have never in the history of their franchise <laughs> sniffed championship contention, so I would chill out. All right, it's still December. But they are playing better basketball. They're figuring it out with James Harden, which we said they would, the pros. We know they'll figure out how to play. It's always messy and murky in the beginning. They're figuring it out. But in this game in particular, I'm going to take Desmond Bain to be the X factor in this game, and here's why. Kawhi Leonard is out Friday, all right? So that is your primary defender on job. Now they have to move Paul George over there. So who's defending Desmond Bain, by the way, who averages 25 a game? So nothing to snip, nothing to wave your hand away at, nothing to sniff at. I think Desmond Bain has a big game with Kawhi Leonard out. Bain hits three, four threes and puts up over 25 points. I think he has a monster night. Yes, the Clippers play good defense, but with Ja and the energy and the gravity he pulls when he's on the court, this leaves Desmond Bain in that role where he can just go and make shots. So I see a lot of that happening. And I'm going to take Desmond Bain as the X factor in that game. So, like I said, if you guys do fantasy basketball, if you have any of these guys on your team, come Friday, Paulo Bancaro, Keegan Murray, Alfred Shingoon, Chet Holmgren, Desmond Bain. These are going to be the X factors in these games. We're going to do this every other week or so. I'm going to find players, not your superstars, your obvious guys that you know should have big games. We are going to talk about the guys that may get overlooked or moved to the side, but we're going to look at them and we're going to talk about how they are going to impact the game because that's what an X factor is. The guys that can make the difference or girls. All right. So when we come back, we got y'all for the two minute warning. You do not want to miss this two minute. We are getting into the new year. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back.
sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. I'm glad you guys tuned in tonight. Unfortunately, the show has to come to an end. I know you guys don't like to hear that, but we always come back next week bigger and better. And we will be back in our regular studio, the brand new studio for season three. Looking forward to getting back to that. But before we go, we have our segment of the two minutes. Let's get into it. All right. Revolution versus evolution. Or resolution, I should say. Resolution versus evolution. All right. It's New Year's. We're getting around that time of the year where people talk about New Year's resolutions. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to get fit. I've never been a fan of resolutions. I've never been the type to say, oh, I need to get in shape. I'm going to start on this day. If I want to start working out and getting back in shape, which I am doing now, I just go. All right. I just get it done. Get it started. The more you delay the inevitable, it it pulls you away from the main goal, right? And I feel like that's what resolutions do. If you say, oh, I got this New Year's resolution to do this, I'm going to start it on January 1. Why don't you just start it when you think about it and get it going? It's still going into the new year, right? It's like these gym memberships. Like after after January 1, go to a gym. You're going to see how packed it is. Everybody's excited. Everybody had this resolution to get in shape. All these memberships skyrocket. And then go in that same jam in March <laughs> and see what it looks like, right? People just start dwindling down, not being able to make it. Life gets in the way, so on and so forth. So it's these resolutions that people like to start with. I've never been one to do that. You know, if I want to change something, I don't like waiting until a certain day to start. So I wanted to start back working out, like I said, wasn't going to wait. We need to start making New Year's evolutions, not resolutions. Jay, what do you mean by that? What are New Year's evolutions, right? All right, the word evolution refers to the gradual development or change in something over a period of time, right? So you're evolving. You're not setting down and saying, this is the day. The day is the day I'm going to start doing this. You are comfortable with evolving over time. Where the word revolution means just to turn around, sudden, complete, and just do a radical change. All right. That's what people get in trouble with when they want to make these resolutions really quick with no plan in place. And they just go instead of evolving and having a plan over time. So what I'm saying is stop making sudden changes for sudden decisions in life. All right. Start making New Year's evolutions. Right. How will you evolve next year? What plans do you have? How are you going to gradually change and grow for the better? All right, gradually develop over a period of time. Getting better every day, and then you have sustainable success. New Year's evolutions. All right. I appreciate y'all for tuning in to the X Factor Sports Podcast, episode three. Next week, episode four, we will be back 
but it'll actually be on Thursday night. All right. Just for next week, it'll Thursday, 7 p.m. You don't want to miss it. You will see the advertisement everywhere. It will annoy you. And I love it. <laughs> so be sure to tune into the X Factor Sports Podcast next week. We'll be back home 7 p.m. on Thursday. We will get into more NFL playoff imp implications. We're going to talk about who we think is going to advance in the playoffs. Super Bowl predictions. We will get into that. And we will get into college football playoff results. All right. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you guys for tuning in. See y'all next week, all right?